Hey everybody, uh, this is Craig. I just wanted to explain why today's episode is a little longer. Um, my guest, Nate Smith, uh, wanted to watch an episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And I asked uh, Dave Willis, who uh, was a writer for Space Ghost, to pick the episodes uh, for us to watch. And then later on in the episode, I'll be Skyping with Dave Willis to talk about the episodes that we watched of Space Ghost. It's pretty cool, so I hope you enjoy it. And, um, hey, enjoy the show. Here we go. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show they choose. Tonight... Even though we're recording it during the day, my special guest is Nate Smith, uh, writer and actor from the UCB Theater, also from the legendary improv group Rogue Elephant. Welcome, Nate. Thank you. It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode. With Craig Rowan. Wow. Hello and welcome to <laughs> It's That Episode, where we come over to my apartment in the night. Even though we're recording during the day. And here, let me introduce uh, Nate Smith from the legendary improv group, Rogue Elephant. <laughs> okay, so okay. whoever's still listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> how you doing, Nate? Great. Um, Good thanks to be here. For, thanks for coming over. Um, uh, very funny guy. Good friend, although I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. So um, you don't know if I'm funny still. I, I, you might have lost the funny bone. I, that kind of joke was kind of funny so i'm as probably as funny as i was before wait what joke was funny you don't know if i'm funny still <laughs> no that wasn't funny i thought that was very serious and and i was like oh boy he might not be this could be very awkward for the next hour or so that we're hanging out i need to i need to get comfortable with sitting on the couch with a microphone in my hand well get comfortable quick yeah. um i'm very happy to have you uh asked you to come on the show and why don't you say what um show you decide to watch and why I picked Space Ghost from Coast to Coast. That was a Adult Swim Cartoon Network television show. Uh, that was a talk show. It was a f basically a fake talk show, for mm -hmm. want of a better way to describe it. Uh, w hosted by the, I think he was a Hanna Barbera character, yep. Space Ghost, who was like an action adventure cartoon superhero, and uh, he. Flew and had the power of invisibility, and among other things. And but the context of the show was Space Ghost hosted a talk show with live people, real people, real pe real guests, real celebrities, like legit guests that would appear on Letterman or on Leno or any other show. And the show was played late at night, as though it were a rival late night talk show, just like Letterman or Tonight Show, right? right? And but it, with much more surreal and strange and uh, just bizarre. Like it was the, super absurd. It yeah, was like absurd. a totally absurd comedy. It was dedicated to like definitely intended to be funny uh, comedy show. And I loved it growing up. It, I watched it as a teenager and it was on. It's actually when I went to find an episode, it was on way longer than I thought it was. I think it was on from like 94 to. 2007 or something yeah in various forms right uh and it but the the reason i mean it, there's sort of like a kind of like a, a 
historical import to the show in that it kind of launched the whole Adult Swim thing on, totally. mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network. This was sort of before Cartoon Network. This was a late night cartoon. I mean, before, sorry, during Cartoon Network, but before Adult Swim, this was like the late night show that they sort of created. And then this yeah. sort of became, yeah, the backbone and sort of influenced the other stuff. And a lot of the people that wrote for this show, uh, the guy who created the show, Mike Lazo, basically like runs Adult Swim, I believe. Right. And then a lot of the writers write and cre- have created other tons of other great shows for Adult Swim. And that's the thing that I, I loved about There were two primary reasons I picked it. One was I love when I, like a television network is really young and like a fledgling network. Shows like this happen. And they're the kind of shows that are like, I can't believe that's on TV. Like it's such nonsense or it's so bawdy or weird or just kind of like non-TV. It's like anti-TV in a lot of ways that it feels like you're watching something that it's sort of like exciting and subversive almost yeah. just by being on TV. Well, I mean, even the fact that it's on Cartoon Network, which is a kid's station. Right. And this is like, I mean, kids obviously watch it, but it's definitely, I mean, the guests that they have and yeah. the it's, things that they're doing is so weird. It's that, an adult show. Uh, hence the name Adult, adult Swim. Swim. <laughs> um, well, the cool other thing is that uh, this episode is special um, because... This that, episode of It's That Episode. Of this episode of It's That Episode is special because I actually know one of the guys who wrote for Space Ghost. So you suggest an episode, but then I suggested, why don't we ask this guy, Dave Willis, who's not only a writer for... for um, Space Ghost. Space Ghost, but he went on to create, co-create uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Squidbillies, among other shows. And um, I said, why don't we have him pick the episodes, like a favorite one of his? And then later on uh, in the episode, I'm going to try to get uh, Dave Willis on Skype to talk about the ones that we watch. Unfortunately, so I can't. I won't be here, so you have to ask the questions I would ask him. Okay. Well, and I'll. what I'll do is I'll take a photograph of you and have it up next to me <laughs> that's the way they did the interviews on yeah. space ghost where they would have like i think because as much research as i've done and dave can like confirm or deny they would have like a photograph of space ghost on a chair i think that in one thing i read is that they'd wear a space ghost costume. oh would they yeah, yeah and then they had photos and like speaker phones like in the room with like with moltar and zora yeah the exactly. other characters on the show so uh yeah, I mean, the, the, so the one thing to mention about the show is, like, the the meat of it was really that they did an interview with a celebrity and then would take it really unabashedly out of context. Yes, and it's sort of similar in a way, and I don't know which one did first. I don't think it really matters, but uh, LTV also did something like that. Where LTV? He, yeah, LTV, Weird LTV on MTV. Uh-huh, I don't remember he, it. He'd, like, have an hour every once in a while, probably every time he dropped an album. Right. Weird Al Yankovic definitely doesn't drop albums. <laughs> he releases them. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> this is Weird Al. Weird Al's new, new album's about to drop. Um, but what April he would 28th. do, he, he would... His is actually different in a way is that he would take found footage interviews like from that MTV had from, you know, interviewing like, say, Madonna, like on her tour, and he'd make it look like he was in the same room as her. Right. But in this case, they would actually interview the guests, ask them these strange questions, sort of, I think, explain the premise that this guy that's hosting it is, you know, like 
Space Ghost. Right. And then they'd sort of like cut and paste these things and, and rewrite the show a little bit around it. And, and sometimes like, sometimes the, the guests get so few words in. Like they, they really fuck with the guests in a way that was just embarrassing. And a lot of the guests know going into the interview that that's what's going to happen. And sometimes those were the best because they would... They would say, like, I know. I remember the Donny Osmond episode. He was like, I know. I've seen this show. I know what happens. You're just going to make fun of me. And then they just tore him such a new <laughs> asshole for even attempting to to beat the way that they do the show. Yeah, I just watched one online of Slash being interviewed. You <laughs> could just tell he's like, why am I doing this? Like, he's literally <laughs> saying stuff like, I'm not... Like I'm no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Like he's just not even <laughs> playing, playing along. At all. But he was also, to be fair, probably in heroin. So well, the way that I saw like an interview with some of the producers, and they said they would go to music festivals and wait for people to come off stage or like corner somebody real quick and say, "Hey, do a five minute interview with us." And you know, some of these celebrities just walk into a room, sit down on a chair, and they start firing questions at them. Who knows what they were like? Like that part of the process, I don't know if they were like sincere questions or if they were super duper bizarre yeah well i have to assume by some of the context clues you could tell that they do ask bizarre questions right like what are your superpowers yeah exactly like that and yeah you can various things that they're responding the ways that they're responding it's like could not be a normal question yeah there's a lot of like i'm sorry what (laughs) yeah stuff like that uh and a lot of uh sometimes there are just big chunks of interview that are just space ghost talking and then the guest going I <laughs> and then Space Ghost ch- cuts in again. <laughs> um, so we're going to watch two episodes because they're so short. One of them, both uh, recommended by Dave Willis, mm-hmm. who, the writer for the show. One of them is called Shambrain, mm-hmm. um, and one of them is called Knifin and uh, Around uh, Knifin around. around. And that one was uh, suggested to Dave in the text. He just said the Tom York episode. So right. I'm excited to see that as a. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Tom York and Bjork. And Bjork, yeah. Let's just say Tom Bjork for short. Come on, you crazy kook. Okay. Seriously, come on. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Take it back? Take it back. Let's say Tom York and Bjork. Yeah, that's better. And, um, or Bjork York. Just, okay. just stop. I'm already regretting this. Um, you did lose the funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to watch those two episodes now, and, uh, and we'll check them out. What do you say? I say, let's do it. Your wife's on the phone again. Uh, tell her I exploded and tell her it was very sad and that the last thing I said was make sure my wife moves out of my condo. She says it's an emergency. Emergency. Patch her through. I have to go to the toilet. You remember the difference between the toilet and the sofa, right? I think so. And remember how angry I got. It smells like bad eggs. Because that's what happens when you boil the cushions of the couch you've been urinating on. Yeah? Oh, oh and as long as I've got you here... Tell that French DJ Tricky to move out. What's his name again? I don't know. He's your damned friend. And I would love to introduce you to him. I've met him. He's living on our couch with the urine. And tell him to stop letting in strangers to listen to his new beats. It makes all the children happy. Honey, those aren't children. They're packets of cream cheese. Sometimes I can't separate between the two. Do you know that? Yeah. I wish I had known that when we were just dating. We're back. Hello. Hey, we just watched two episodes of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Hi. Um, hi. Hi. Um, so the first one was called Chambrain. Right. And that was, I guess the uh, synopsis would be 
two alien brains uh, from the company Carl's and Sons release a shampoo, a shampoo called Shambrain that that uh, lathers lather your way to a new brain. It makes you smarter. Maybe, yeah, it's an intellihancer. It's intellihancer, it. and it also cleans your hair. And the guest on the episode was Bob Costas, and that was episode one. The second episode was uh, called Knifing Around, and it was uh, Tom York from Radiohead was the lead guest. And then, and then Bjork, and then Bjork was Space Ghost's wife. Yeah, like she come on. <laughs> they wrote her in, which I thought was really great because not only did they splice up her interview and take it out of context, they also made her Space Ghost's wife, which was like, what a fuck you to the guest. It's like, so fun- we're going to integrate you into the narrative yeah. of the show, not just interview you. And she must have been so game though, because she had a costume change in it. She was I don't wearing, think she had a costume. I think that was just oh, you a think different that was interview. From a different episode. I think it was just an entirely different interview because she maybe she was on twice. Oh, you're right. Because I was like, is her that a, okay? So basically, different. in the main episode, in the main interview with her, she's wearing like a, a blue like sweater, sweater poncho, or some poncho. Yeah. Uh, there's probably some Bjork fancy clothes. name to it's it. Just yeah. Bjork clothes. Bjork They're clothes. Weird. And then later, um, she comes back. And she's wearing like a pink dress and has like yellowish, orangish hair. And I thought it was a wig, but it looked really real. So you're probably right. It is probably from a different interview. I mean, it could have been a uh, just two. She might have been on twice and just cut it in for fun. Um, And like really precocious viewers of the show were like, oh, that's from that one like two years ago. You know, my favorite part of this was that he's Bjork is his wife, Space Ghost's wife. But he's really frustrated because she stays at the condo that he lives at. And she... she she says in the interview that she has to go to the bathroom, and she goes, "Remember, there's a difference between the bathroom bathroom and the sofa." And it turns out she's been peeing on the sofa, yeah. and it smells like eggs. <laughs> it's just like it's just so bizarre. I mean, that's why the show is so funny. Is that it's just it's it, like it's just messing around. It's it, that's yeah, what it seems like. There's really no like steady logic to how they're doing the jokes like it really is just whatever they felt like writing that's the way it feels yeah. it feels like we absolutely anything is game like yeah. you can fuck with every guest however you want you can write any joke nothing needs to make sense yeah nothing like from line to line they're like like there's a line from line to line. There's a line now from line to line. Like it can be a totally different logical joke. Like they don't have to even reference each other. Like there's the one we were, you were like, what? When he was just like, um, I forget what the line was, but, uh, space ghost was like, it's like that every time I walk into the room and then Zorak's just like one room. Yeah. And then it just moves on. Like <laughs> there's no reference to it. Uh, the, like the only joke that I my or the, my favorite joke of the episode was like, kind of in a way a more traditional joke which was the beginning of the tom york episode tom york's on the monitor talking to the producer of the show uh who's played by the character maltar and they're just bsing sort of like hey thanks for having me this is great to be here and and uh space ghost walks in and goes hey maltar can you burn me a hundred copies of this and he's holding a cd and he goes, what is it? He goes, it's a new Radiohead CD. And you see Tom York's face like drop, like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, oh, hey. Is that the guy from Radio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so fun. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't, you watched this as a show as a kid, you were saying. I watched it all the time. Yeah, so the, I was saying this earlier, the two reasons I picked this, one is because it, I love that it represents that thing that happens on young TV networks of where they just 
their programming can be super weird. And the other was I watched so much of it. Um, I, I used to make tapes of TVs. A lot of like friends of ours did. Uh, and I used to call them tape. Com- like tape. comedy volume one, tape. comedy uh-huh. volume two. And it would be just full of things that I found really great. So it would be like episodes of SNL and the Simpsons and the state and movies and stuff and space, but space ghost was the core of it. I probably had like 30 episodes or something wow. that I had taped and I watched over and over and over. Um, TV was like, <laughs> I watched so much that my parents were like, really had a problem with how much I watched. <laughs> they said I was addicted. Like I probably was like, I couldn't stop watching. Wait, they it. would, li- they would literally say you're addicted to TV. I used to, uh, come home from school and I would watch, you know, the afternoon programming, like cartoons, Disney afternoon, totally dark, darkwing duck. And I was duck very tales into and, that stuff. Goof troop, um, tailspin. And then, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the song from tailspin. Oh, I don't remember. Um, I was in a play called tailspin. I should, should plug that. Um, so where did you play Baloo? No, I played Anthony Weiner. It's a different <laughs> show. <laughs> we, uh, so that, and then I would take a break for dinner and then I would go watch again until like uh, nine or 10 or something when like the good primetime shows were over. And then I would attempt to do my homework and, uh, basically, which meant just like hang out in my room until my parents went to bed. And then I would just sneak downstairs again and watch TV until like two in the morning and then do my, and then go to sleep and then wake up like an hour before school before I had to catch the bus and do my homework, like bang it out. And then my grades, like <laughs> I did, I did well. And then the senior year, they started to like tr- fall off to her a little bit because I, was wa- honestly because I was watching so much TV. My parents used to go like unplug the cable and like pull the cable out of the room to hide it from the wall. Like it wasn't detached from the TV. Wow! And then pull it out of the room, and I would just go find like a coaxial cable in the basement and and, and like rig it You're up. You're literally again. fiending for a television. I th- I mean I understand why they thought I was addicted. One time they disconnected it in the attic. Like from the fucking antenna. From the source. Yeah. And they came home from wherever they were. They weren't home. And they came home and they were like, I was watching TV. And they're like, what the hell? And I was like, hey, figured out what was wrong with the TV. Somehow I was disconnected in the <laughs> attic. Like I was super uh, uh, aggressive about it. And they, um, at some point, it was really embarrassing. They drew up a contract for wow. me about how much TV they would allow me to watch. So, and the contract was like, you are allowed to, cause they realized they couldn't stop me from watching it. So they were like, you're allowed to watch it if you complete your homework by this time, you know, and on the weekends that you could do this. I refused to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be a happy ending. No, no, I just, uh, I just watched the shit out of TV. And that's why you went to military school for four and, years. They shipped you off to Alaska. In a sense. I, I made my own, like, I, I found my own boundaries by the time I got to college. Like, in college, I was like, I refused to have a TV in my room. It's so funny. that It's, in a way, that's similar to me. Well, I, I mean, I watched a ton of TV. I watched so much. But when I went to college, just didn't have a TV for four years. And it's so weird as, like, 
I don't watch as much TV as I used to. Right. But like even in like I always keep up with like what's going on in SNL. Like I don't know those four years. Like I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just those are like four TV years true. that are just sort of gone in my brain, which is probably a very healthy thing. But it's yeah. it's just weird that like I judge tons of stuff by what was on TV at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the college, the college years, right. Saved by the Bell. I, I, it's not. That's like not a reference point for me. It really, I really didn't watch much, and the uh, it's a very similar experience for me. And I, I think I had a senior senior year. There was a TV in yeah, my house because my roommates wanted it. I would never have done it. I like went so far the other way. I became like really adamantly anti TV. Like you know those bumper stickers that were like kill your television. Mm-hmm. They had the 90s. I had some of those like on my books and stuff. Because you didn't have a car. Because I didn't have a car. <laughs> I probably had on my bike. They're I like sweet a... bumper sticker, yeah. dude. <laughs> I like this is what I stand for, man. <laughs> um the my other car is a, a boat. That was my, on my, my like, other bio. Book, my other book is a car. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Bumper stickers if you don't have a car. Let's start this line of bumper stickers. What Um, a terrible business. They would just be called stickers, I think. Not because there's no bumper. No, they're called book bumper stickers. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same shape as a bumper sticker. Same rectangle. So, senior year, we had a, a, a... uh, TV again, and I like I found like I immediately recognized the habit yeah. of like how I would just stay up all night, and I was like, oh, I really can't, I really can't control this. I need to, I need help. Um, yeah, but that, but anyway, back to the Space Ghost. Like, I loved it so much. I any comedy like really paid attention to it, but especially stuff like Space Ghost because it was, it was so anti TV. Like I was saying earlier, it's kind of an easy way to say what it. Yeah, like. I mean it's it's awesome, and you can see how like the Shambrain episode opens with a sort of fake commercial for Shambrain yeah. with Al Roker, and it looks very sort of um, public accessy or just like cheap late night commercial. Hmm. And you can see how much I mean, like I don't know if this influenced like Tim and Eric, but you can feel like that would totally fit in on a Tim and Eric episode or yeah, something completely. like that. Like, and I think it's so cool that. The, I don't know both episodes, but one of the episodes, I think maybe the f- first one we watched was from 1999, so like five years into this show. And it's sort of like really di- – like you can see the sense of humor of Adult Swim in this. Like you yeah. can totally – Yeah, it's very – it's like offbeat and kind of alternative. I, I mean, yeah, But I don't know how to actually describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were to – like not that you need to describe this sort of humor, but it's so – it's like childish in a way. Like the main character is like pompous and sort of like everybody's really shallow and stuff. And it's really, it's just so bizarre too. Cause then there are like little bits of like, we're talking about of like chunks of the episode that just exist on their own. That are so weird. Like there was one line where he's like, um, um, there, I mean, there's just one line in the first episode where, where Space Ghost says things get a lot easier as your brain dies, Bob. Right. He says that to Bob Costas. It's yeah. like, what the hell? That's such a weird, weird thing to say on in any and anything, not even just a TV show. Like, yeah. Things get easier as your brain dies. That's I, so brilliant. It's the, so weird. <laughs> like what feels, it feels like just absurdist. Comedy to me, like, and I, I wonder when we, when you talk to Dave later, like, that's a good question for him. Is if like, was the intention to just be 
out there and mm. crazy or was it like whatever like they didn't think that hard about it like it, it was just we have my to guess is to they do don't think I, I mean yeah i'm not gonna ask them that question um <laughs> thanks for suggesting it, but i'm doing the interview and and you you have no right to dictate what god I'm. damn it if only i could be here my fucking parents are here i gotta take them out to dinner um what was i gonna say but yeah i mean it, to me it feels like they're having fun you know what i mean yeah. and and the cool thing is i think the second episode Forget if it was just the the first one or the second. I wrote it. Oh yeah, the second one, the Bjork and Tom York one, was written by Dave Willis and Matt Maliero, who I'm pretty sure bo- that they co-created um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force together. Yeah. And um, I think it's really cool that that place that they sort of like. There's a continuity between shows too, because totally. there are a lot of unadults, and I love like tons of the stuff on adults. It's so mm-hmm. great, but. That now it's a lot of other people are doing stuff like yeah. NTSF and, and Tim and Eric that aren't like from Atlanta and right. from Adult Swim. And it's cool that they still have that element there of like of them, the people that basically created the show. Oh, they're still they're, involved. They're still like they're, they're creating still stuff. Shows. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, and, it, and not only that, but the I, I, like, again, I, I doubt there's a, a real mission statement for the way they do business there. But like there's a consistency to to the present with the kind of programming they put on which is really weird it's yeah. just weird and uh not like anything else you're going to find on tv and i love that because it's not like they be, it's not like they were this young network and all this crazy shit on and then now like a young mtv for instance like mm-hmm. you mentioned weird al tv mm-hmm. like uh, that's awesome that that was on tv when we were younger you know I can't imagine that would ever happen now. You know, but you know, like, it's funny that I, this is sort of the last episode I did um, was Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson were on, and I was like, it seems like this show is so weird that the shows don't happen like this anymore. And then they mentioned like Adventure Time, right? Which I hadn't seen, and since that last week, I've actually watched a couple episodes, and it is really weird. Like stuff yeah. like that does it. It's cool that like. I think we're just not as like keyed into it, right? Because we don't watch, as you were saying, like right. twenty hours of TV a day. But there is like cool. It's cool to know that there is weird stuff that I'm probably just not aware of it. The, but it doesn't seem like there's not as often just this thing that's created like in front of us, like Adult Swim. Yes, you know what I mean. And like, I guess the thing that I feel like Adult Swim captures and is still like the is the product of. Is that like fledgling network, like that kind of UHF feel? Yeah. To like when a network is young and they don't have programming, or they do, but they're like just running reruns and stuff, which is what Cartoon Network was in the '90s. It was this yeah. young network, and they started to create their own programming, and they put up stuff like this that's just insane and weird and funny and goofy, and there's nothing else like it. And that's what you like. Young MTV was like full of weird animation, and yep. I loved it. Like I loved Liquid Television. I loved 120 yes. Minutes on the Head and Flux. I loved it. Yeah, so good. Same with like Young Comedy Central. Like yeah. the shows are really low Pack rent. Your toothbrush Wasn't on, that on Young Comedy Channel. <laughs> and, uh, there was one where I think Mark Cummings from Hanging with Mr. Cooper is that his name hosted a game show. Pack your toothbrush, something like that, on and, and make me laugh. I remember make me laugh. Yeah, of course, remote control. Yeah, um, yeah, and those shows were like super weird too. You know, uh, even uh, uh, the like 
short attention span theater. Yeah, um, same with Nickelodeon. I mean, those shows were crazy. Totally. Um, and then, so the point is that like all of those networks are like pretty, for want of a better word, corporate now. Adult Swim is this thing that's like <laughs> every night there's going to be two plus hours of like insanity, just weirdness, and I, yeah. and and yeah, and it's still like I mean, there's shows right now like I hadn't watched. I was lucky enough. I was in Atlanta this summer doing something for Adult Swim, and I got to raid their a closet full of DVDs, and oh, I got awesome. Super Jail, which I'd never seen before. Super Jail's crazy, and it's crazy, yeah. and it's awesome. The yeah. animation is amazing. I like it. Um, but there's so much weird, cool stuff. But what I was going to say about this show <laughs> that's really cool too, and the beginnings of Adult Swim is that um, the other really cool thing about it is that they're using <laughs> old cartoons yeah. and subverting them like that they're literally using stills and and like cells i guess or whatever from old 60s Hanna-Barbera cartoons like this Sea Lab 2021 right. Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law right. like they start where it's just I, I there's something really cool about that too where they basically i guess Cartoon Network bought all these old things and they had them in a vault and they're and then they're young cool, smart, funny people that are like, let's just mess with this. Like, let's right. do something weird to it. And that's, to me, that's really cool because it's, you can, it's like uh do very do it yourself and, and like badass in a way. It, it totally. And that, that to me is like, they were like, what, how, how can we make a show? Let's just take existing footage and cut it up and we'll do it. I mean, it's pretty cheap. Like they, oh, they yeah, use totally. like, five frames of space cut like yeah. there's there's very little animation the animation is very remedial in a way like right. in a great way in a great way like they, they, i in think the, they kind of like you know how it's just it's like it's still frame of yeah still frame of space ghost and just his mouth will move i'm pretty sure they like created that whole thing and that has that's people animate that way now no you i know? feel like, like that was the old way to do it probably too i feel like probably in scooby-doo that's what they did too oh, it was like a May still i feel like maybe i feel like but, they animated the mouth like because it's different to have a non-linear editing system this is super geeky but if you have the non-linear editing uh, system like then you just take the frame and then you just load in the lips and that's how they do yeah. like that's how they did like dr cats i think and like uh the lifetimes of tim that show on hbo uh, you know well, one of the weirder animation parts of this one that I sort of want to ask Dave about, but this show episodes from so long ago, I doubt he'll remember. But um, there's one part where Space Ghost says to Bob Costas, like, do I look like, do you say I look like a monkey or something? Yeah, and his, his mouth, mouth gets is huge. It, they just sort of like warp it, make it bigger. And it's so weird. It's just like, like what? Yeah, why? It, it, like, no why? Logic. For like 25 seconds, his mouth is really weird. I kept thinking that this it's going to pay off because Bob was going to go like, Man, you got a big mouth. Yeah. Something like that it doesn't pay off. It's in so any way. funny. It's just it's weird. Um, the uh, I was I what struck me was how much dead air there was. Like just quiet, silent moments of awkwardness, and uh, they're like funny. They're funny to just see like a de a weird, awkward moment between a host of a talk show and a guest. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, it also the pacing. I think this is probably just because our brain, our attention spans are getting shorter, but it it's definitely feels like slower than what you'd see now. But it, it like, they're really well-timed joke. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, the other cool thing about this is, uh, the editing is great. Like it's really funny because a yeah. lot of the jokes are in the edit totally. and that's great. And I think that's the same with, uh, like Aqua Teen too. It's a lot of like, because it's voiceover stuff. Right. It's a lot of like how they edit the stuff together. Right. And I met one, and I got to see like early edits 
of an episode of Aqua Teen this summer, and uh, it's really cool to see how much like they mess around with it and that. No big deal. All right. Well, they do the voices first, probably, right? They do the voices first, and then they, I think they basically do like a, an edit without animation, without the <clears throat> like nice looking animation, sort of just with like the basic Sketches. cutouts and of the, like, the main characters. If you will. And animatic, if you will, if you're in the uh, commercial industry or if you're in ad agency. <laughs> or anima- cartoon. No, or uh, animation. In, in, the, in this sense, yes. And Want me to take over the podcast? <laughs> I'm, I'm malfunctioning. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's, it's really, I mean, it's such a, seems like such a cool process. I mean, I, the whole thing it seems like a lot of fun. I, like when I was, I used to watch this show. I can't, I can't. I'm so like embarrassed at how obsessed I was. I went let's to my get prom. More, let's get more. Let's hear how obsessed you were, my friend. My senior year prom, I wore instead of a tie with my tux, I wore like Space Ghost's emblem. Whoa! Wow! Because uh, he wears on his suit, he has like a triangle logo. Uh, just below like his collarbone basically like right where your tie would be and uh i made one out of like iron-ons what did your date think uh she thought it was awesome because she was super into it too like the two of us were geeks in that way and loved weird alternative shit like do you have a picture of this I do not like on Facebook or anything. It's in like a album. Oh well, man, I want to get. I wanna um, get. <laughs> I'll see if I can. If you want to, I have the tie too, still somewhere. Um, I uh, that like I loved this. I loved like the state. I loved um, kids in the hall. I loved like we mentioned uh, uh, hundred liquid television. One hundred twenty. But why was. Sp- were you such a big fan of Space Ghost to the extent that you would wear? Because it wasn't just that it was it was like unusual and funny, which I loved about it. It was that I felt like by knowing about it, I knew about something really special mm-hmm. that other people didn't know about. The same and as a teenager it's really like that's you find your identity by the things that you like, right. you know? So that was it was as important to me as like the CDs I had and the t-shirts I have like, like I saw ween in Jersey, you know, it'd be like, that's really important. Like nobody knows this band, but me, right. I know every word to every song and all their albums, you know? Um, and, uh, that was nobody really taught. I mean, nobody was talking about space Ghost except for the handful of people that knew about it. And we would talk in the lunchroom about how awesome a show it was. And, uh, I remember my dad, Talking about when he was a kid, talking about uh, the radio show that Gene Shepard used to do, who's the guy that did A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. He wrote and narrates A Christmas Story. He used to have a radio show and he told stories not dissimilar to like what is now like This American Life or something, mm-hmm. or Moth or something. And he would just tell story, talk for an hour. And uh, he, my dad would say, like, yeah, he would go in and there would be a handful of people that listened to Gene Shepard the night before and they would talk about how exceptional it was and different. And like, he felt like he was clued into this kind of offbeat, arty thing, uh, kind of like cultural phenomenon. That's how I felt about Space Ghost. I felt like I was in on something that people weren't aware of yet. And it was really special. And I still, to a certain extent, feel that way about Adult Swim. It feels like this like alternative outlet for weird and interesting shit. And it's some of my favorite stuff. Like, 
it, it feels like I still feel, have that feeling like I can't believe it's on TV. Like yeah. I love that I get to yeah. watch this. Tim and Eric's like exceptional comedy. I love Metalocalypse. Venture Brothers, I think yeah. it's one of the best shows, animated shows I've ever seen. Um, the uh, Aqua Teen, I think, is incredible. Like they've done incredible shit. Yeah, it's with pretty, that show. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I sort of wasn't introduced, although I didn't watch a lot of TV in college. One of my friends sort of introduced me to Adult Swim stuff, right? And I was like, wow, this is cr-. like I remember seeing Harvey Birdman. I was like. This is so weird. Like yeah. in a cool, but like to repurpose a character and make it a lawyer is just such a awesomely like to represent like superheroes from the sixties. Yeah. It's just such a fun concept. And there's so like a really like geeky and academic about it. Like there, there's something. Both of them have that same thing of like we're taking a uh, same premise of we're taking a like kind of jockey superhero mm-hmm. and making him a complete douchebag. Like, and if it's, this show is created by the people I assume, like, like me, they were geeks who wanted, who would have wanted to subvert guys like that. Yeah. Um, and it's also funny because, uh, like, but all these characters are, when you're a kid, you watch all these superheroes and it's just like, well, they're a superhero, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just what they are. But then when you're growing up, it's like, well, superhero does, but they don't, that doesn't exist. That concept, right. like nobody's, perfect and nobody has superpowers so then to sort of just put them in a like pretty sort of not boring but yeah. just like mainstream sort right. of job like a, you have to traditional a, a yeah. traditional like talk show host or a lawyer it's just such a funny premise that these superheroes actually have to do other stuff besides right. for like save lives uh and there were superheroes first yeah exactly you know? yeah like- it's like well, yeah space goes i love that he always just like like it touches he on his wrist he has like things that like shoot laser beam, laser yeah. beams so he's always threatening people with it like yeah. he's obviously still has the pa- like he's it's just like a reference point for him it's yeah. like that the fact that like David Letterman is from like Indiana it's just right. like the equivalent they like, drop it in there from time to time he use he milks it for jokes sometimes yeah so to speak. the uh, one of the things that struck me about what these two episodes neither of them had the traditional like credit sequence at the beginning. Because they're usually they had a sequence and it was sort of yeah. like it was I really loved it because it was like a weird free jazz guitarist yes. who composed it and uh, again like just kind of represented what the show was it was like this out there fucking theme song um, I can't remember the guy Sonny Chirac I think that was a, the guitarist no Sonny Chirac um, but uh, don't look at me I don't know but th- they changed. This, the credits, like Both, when I would watch yeah. this, I would say to myself like, oh, you can do anything. You don't have to have the Cheers the song play every time. Yeah, you know? I mean, the, the intro to the Bjork and Tom York one was sort of bizarre in that it was like as if it was the beginning of a movie or yeah, something. It was like kind of somber credits. Black, somber credits. White on black text. With the names of the people on it, and it was like their full names. Like It was like Thomas Edward York and, and like Bjork's Bjork, ridiculous. Shem Flim. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous Icelandic last name. The, the other cool thing that I am not writing down any of the things that I'm thinking of asking Dave Willis, but the um, in the uh, Shambrain episode, the, the product Shambrain is created by a brain and his son, a brain named Carl and his son son on another planet. And it reminds me of, uh, in 
Aqua Teen that they're two aliens, Ignignat and... I forget their yeah the two little Nintendo yeah Atari exactly yeah. and they sort of, he sort of sounded like that mm-hmm. and it's so funny that knowing that Dave Willis is the guy that wrote both that it's both two aliens right and like one's big one's little and they're very frustrated like one of them <laughs> very, so it must be like I'm interested to hear if there's like that connection or if it's a subconscious thing that it's that it's like that uh, and I, I'm pretty sure that was his voice too by the does he so. voice the aliens in at least Aquatine? one of them. Yeah, he he voices Carl and uh, Meatwad. Oh, and um, I love Bobble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I think like a ton of other characters as well. Ah, uh, it seems like such a good job. So back to like how how oh yeah, I was. I the only time I ever did this, I wrote a letter, just addressed to General Cartoon Network. Wow, asking for a job or something like I, it was before I, I was probably in high school. Maybe I was in college and I just wrote like thinking maybe there'd be an internship or something. Sure, and yeah. I'm sure there was, but I didn't know how to, uh, you're supposed to do that. Cause I didn't have any access to anybody in show business at all sure. until I moved to New York and learned about like what life is like. So I just sort of sent the letter to nobody you know, and I got no response, but I, I, I like looked up on early internet, like where to send a letter, That's really like funny. An addre- any address for cartoon. I, I did that too. I, my college did a really cool thing, even though it's whatever, but it, it like, you'd get paid, uh, you'd like do this It's called career acceleration. I don't know, something like this. It mm-hmm. sells and you'd, uh, during the summer between your junior and senior year, they'd give you $3,000 to do an internship. If oh, yeah. you did like a couple things during your freshman to junior year. And, uh, so I wanted to do like a comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I emailed like tons of people I emailed. And it's funny now that I know some of these people, but like I emailed Matt Besser, um, who runs the UCB theater and, uh, and I heard that they're opening a theater in LA and like I had obviously I had gone to the theater in New York a bunch and I emailed him. I was like, Hey, I hear like you're opening a theater in LA. Like if there's any way I can help, I'd love to have an internship. And of course, no response. I mean, it's right. like how like he doesn't do the internships and no. why it would end. But then I emailed um, Paul Shear, who I had met once yeah. and I didn't really know him. And I was like, Hey, I don't know. Like like, I don't even know. He's probably, like, on best night ever or week ever yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know if you'd need an intern for anything. Just for him personally? Just for him. Per, per, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know if there was, like, any project or, like, anything. Right. I just sent, like, a bunch of these. But one of them worked. Which one? But I, I, I had, for a day, was a PA on a music video that David Wayne directed. Cool. Um, through, That's funny. UCB. So you wrote to David Wayne and he got back to you? I wrote to David Wayne, who's very nice. Yeah. And actually, in... I, I talk about the internship in a, in the, a live episode of this podcast with David Young, who I met at the internship, David Young, who narrates for uh, Fallon. And uh, I emailed David Wayne. I was like, hey, I worked on this music video of yours like two years ago. I need an internship. And then he was like, yeah, totally. Uh, we'll see if we can get you one. And then he hooked me up. And I was uh, a sound intern on Stella. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he was like, and I was like, that's funny. I also have a story of David Wayne responding to me because when the state was on, they they had like, I don't know how they publicized it 
because it was sort of pre like websites for shows, but there was a thing where you could just send an email to the state. And I wrote them and said, Hey, uh, I like your show so much. Um, it seems like there's a lot of influences from Monty Python because they, they used to do, uh, what Monty Python did and what Mr. Show did later where the, they would develop some kind of seamless transition from Mm. sketch to sketch where rather than just a sketch ending, it would go to, um, even if it was, and now for something completely different, you know, like a guy just coming in and saying, um, and I said, I I noticed that. And and he wrote back and was just like, yeah, there's a, we do, we think a lot about Monty Python. He like referenced a few of the, but it was from David Wayne. And I was like, motherfucker, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so like unnecessary. Like he, like it's not expected that somebody would write, you know, when you you send a letter like that, like if you don't get a response, you're not like, Oh, what? You know, I'm thinking there's, they get 1200 emails a day. Like the fact that he put the time into and actually legitimately answer the question to this 13 year old kid. But I think that that's important. I mean, I think that's great, you know, because as somebody who still does comedy, you must, look to that and be like well that was i do with the internship be awesome like, that's such a great i'm so glad that yeah. he was nice enough to do that i love i kind of wish uh paul she paul Shear was like yeah yeah i need an intern and then he just <laughs> he just had you like follow him around and like run errands for him and just like throw coffee in my face yeah <laughs> that would be it he wouldn't pay you. it was just every so often you get to do like one half of a bit on stage with him yeah, it would just be totally bizarre. Like, because I just didn't have that knowledge of. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was asking. I was just like, if there's anything, but like, yeah. that's just so funny to that now. I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't. I don't think he'd probably need an intern like now. You know, even and that, imagine if somebody asked you, "Can I? Hey, Craig, I don't. I love your podcast. I love the stuff you do. Can I uh, be your intern? You probably could employ them somehow." You, right now, we would not have to hold our own mics. We yeah. Somebody be, just hold our I mics. I definitely for. have them edit the show. Yeah. They'd I probably be love it. They'd probably be like, this is amazing. I get to. I'd probably, right now, if I had an intern, I'd make a really cool sound effect happen right now. Uh, but now, because we get I don't. refrigerator noise. Yeah, there's just background <laughs> refrigerator noise and a bug flying around my apartment. I don't know why there's a bug. Um, um yeah, that's it. We would probably be making fun of the intern the whole time. Man, maybe I should yeah. get an intern. God, Doug, shut up. Doug, Wait. Doug will put it on. Uh-huh. Hey, that's Doug. a dress that we have. If we had a dress, Doug will put on a, the dress. Oh, oh, you look good, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Nice titties. Hey, Doug, that wasn't me, man. Uh, you make me the mean one. <laughs> um, we don't have an intern on the show. Um yeah, man. Um, yeah, it sounds like you watch a ton of TV. Was there any other things like so that? Much. Like the, uh, well, especially your fandom, specifically for Space Ghosts, that mm-hmm. how it came out. You wore the tie, the yeah. emblem on, at your prom. I still remember like quotes from the show. Like I kind of have a, a really, really like uh, uh, good memory not I know, vocabulary well, I, I know you have because uh, i've I, jim like always mentions stuff that you said like that you remember lines from shows from like years and years ago i don't know why like i'll remember exactly how a sketch went from snl from like 1992 well, like, what's uh space ghost lines anymore uh the well the, the episode i wanted to watch <coughs> before, before dave, dave yeah had recommended episode. some episodes uh was this one where he interviews joe franklin the like the talk show guy mm-hmm. sort of invented the whole talk show format. Um, and he, he asked him what, uh, what are some tips you can give me about how to host a talk show? 
And he says, well, once you, he's like, the most important thing is sincerity. And once you learn to fake that, you got it made. And Space Ghost's response is, thanks, Joe, for what is, without a doubt, the best interview ever. (laughs) And then Joe responds to that, man, you're really great interviewer. You really are a great interviewer. And in the exchange, I remember so well, because I was like, yes, that was so well done. What a well-executed joke. Um, the, uh, yeah, that was, that was really the, the show, man. I could fucking whole sketches from, from the state, whole episodes of, of, uh, the Simpsons, like probably the movie Billy Madison. I could just like crank (laughs) out how it goes. Um, because I either watched it so much or just had a unique, like you should memory. um write up a script of Billy, of Billy Madison and see, and then just compare it and how, see how yeah, well I see, do, but try to do all the transitions too, like fade in, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, and the names of the songs and stuff and like, and yeah. then make it. Yeah. Wham. Wham. Suddenly starts playing. Billy Watt takes two steps down the stairs <laughs> and then realizes it's, just like, yeah. it's so much more specific than the, the actual script because you remember like little things that weren't like written, in, you know, like performance things. It's true. It's like his eyebrow raises yeah. in a unique, <laughs> funny way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In that Adam Sandler way that you can't quite describe. He like in writing the, all the like ad libs that they probably did on that movie that aren't in the script. Ad yeah. Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, best line. We all know that. Of course we do. We don't have to be a nerd to remember what a, that. Yeah, I guess um, I'm. Uh, I'm a sham. I'm sorry. I brought up the big line. Yeah, that kind of is. If there was like the the softball, line I'd say that. But, but no, no uh, one line that everybody's the shampoo is better. Shampoo is better. better. Yeah, that was. But my the better line of that is stop looking at me, Schwan. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in that movie that doesn't get referenced a lot is when his dad goes. It's right after that scene. His dad goes, "Hey, uh, these." Thanks to you being late, all these guys missed their flight or something like that. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, this guy could stay in my room, right, buddy? And he grabs him by the hand and bites it. <laughs> I love that little moment. So um, weird. The I had episodes of Letterman, like, with interviews of somebody that I liked, like Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm, or, sure, yeah. uh, And I would just watch those interviews over and over and over. And, uh, man, I wish I could find those tapes. I found episodes of SNL that I had watched uh, as a kid, like oh, I had tapes of it, and I watched it recently from beginning to end. Like I cherished every moment, even the commercials. I was just like, "Oh my god, what a time capsule this is to watch again!" Um, and the the guests were great, but the musical guests actually were what really blew my mind because it was Bonnie Raitt, uh-huh. and she was promoting. Um, the album that had I Can't Make You Love Me and something to talk about on it. Let's give them something uh, to talk about. And then the second one was Nirvana, and they were promoting Nevermind. So they did two songs. Was that the one with Charles Barkley? Were they? No. It was Nirvana was, uh, I think, with oh, Christian maybe, Slater maybe or Pearl Jam Rob and, Murrow. And, uh, and Charles Barkley. Somebody put online last year I forget if it's Pearl Jam or Nirvana because they're the exact same band no right. I'm just kidding come on grunge rocks yeah. no but um, same era same time same era same part but of the I country. think it might have been I think it might have been uh, Charles Barkley or Christian Slater it was one of those two episodes but it's just the promos mm-hmm. and it's the whole filming of the promo it's like 
So they have all the in betweens where like Lauren co- Michaels comes out and like talks to them. And oh, like, you saw it like on YouTube or something? Yeah, on YouTube. Somebody put this online. Oh, and they like, like come up and give notes. Them and, like, filming the promos. And yeah. it's so funny to see like, oh, yeah, they're just, they have to do this. And the band is like awkward. And, you right. know, it's really funny. That is funny. I'd like to see that. Yeah. The Barkley in that time would have had the sketch with Barney. He plays uh, oh, one on one against Barney. Well, that's based on his, uh, but you might not remember. Mm-hmm. He plays Barney in a one-on-one game of basketball because he was in, I think it was a Nike ad, ad campaign where he, played, where, no, where he played Godzilla. Oh, that's So right. that's what it was referencing. Because I remember I had, a, I, I had a magazine that I put up on my wall, like the back cover of probably like Sports Social for Kids or like Rolling Stone. Yeah. And it had the other side of it. I don't even remember what was on the side that I wanted to put up, but the other side of it was Charles Barkley versus Godzilla. That's funny. So the, <laughs> I was probably like some dumb comedian. It was, it was like it Woody was, Allen. No, it was probably like like Michael Jordan or something more generically. Right. You're like, who's popular. Charles Barkley? Um, that episode uh, – I'll keep going with this, man. Um, <laughs> that episode had the sketch where he and Muggsy Bogues are on Stuart Smalley. Uh-huh. And he, Muggsy Bogues tells him he loves him and he cracks up and like tries to pretend that he's he's crying when he's laughing so hard. God, that was a great moment. Um Probably the most emotional moment of your life. I think. Oh, he's crying now. Until just now. (laughs) This is the, now this is the most emotional part of your life. Whenever I listen to podcasts and there's a quiet moment like that, I think I'm about to get a call. That's really funny. Wait, let's do that. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Let me look at my phone. They hear the plane probably. (laughs) Ruined it. The plane ruined it. The microphones are good enough that they wouldn't hear that. Um, uh, what else about podcasts? I'd like to give a shout out to the Will Hines episode of It's That Episode. Oh, wow. That's very... That's my favorite one. Oh, wow. Did, have you listened to it? Um, or did you just listen? I've it? listened to parts of it, but I haven't listened to the whole episode. I imagine I would be the same way if I did a podcast, recording my own podcast. I would probably get so bored of my own voice. I get bored of my own voice when I'm a guest on a podcast. Well, don't listen to this episode. I won't. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you this. I will never listen to this. That's not true. I have to edit it. I have yeah, to edit out all the bad parts. There's nothing happening. I'm bad. just kidding. The, um, um, so let me let's let, so I'm going to be um, hopefully I'll be Skyping with Dave Willis later tonight. Um, anything you want me to specifically ask him? Yeah, I I uh, I guess I wonder sort of what the interview process was like, like if you ever was involved yep, interview, in it. I was going to ask him that interview process. And then I wondered if they like. Because the the way they must have done the show was they did the interview, mm-hmm. then they had a transcript of the interview, like just mm-hmm. on paper. They look at it, and then they probably wrote jokes, like spliced in jokes where they thought it would be funny. Mm-hmm. And then I wondered if they thought of like a joke that they wanted to have happen in the show, and then worked back from there. You know what right. I mean? Like if they built to that joke. So in other words, if like they knew that there was a reference to hair and the Bob Costas thing. If they were like, oh, let's do a thing with hair. and then, Yeah, that's funny because in the know, Bob Costas episode, he says one thing at, towards the end about yeah. his hair. He'd be like, his hair is so thick. You know, or it's so big. But, but doesn't like Bob Costas say something about his hair, about uh, Space Ghost's hair? He's like, how much hair do you have? So there's like, like that. one yeah. line like that, but the whole episode's about hair. So like, yeah, was the, like, where did the kernel of the Chambrain, yeah. did the Chambrain come first? Where does it start? Yeah, that's what I wonder. Um, his response, by the way, is he's, he says, "How much hair do you have?" And he goes, "About nine. <laughs> yes, nine thick stalks." Oh, <laughs> so dumb. Um, 
about nine. It's such a. I mean, if I was fifteen, I would have been like, "Yes!" Also, just Best like joke. that, it was like Bob smells like a chili dog. Yeah, all that stuff. Was just so all that stuff. Goofy and funny. To and me. then there was oh, my favorite line, other line was uh, the Space Ghost does a joke of Space Ghost says something, then Zorak finishes, and he goes, "You're always finishing my sentence." Like, like, like when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Uh, when I'm in the shower, and then I'm always saying, I'm always saying, and then Zorak says nothing, and then he's like, shower time. Like, he just sings shower time, and then he's like, that's what I say in the shower. Yeah. Just, Zorak has no idea. Yeah, and Zorak doesn't know, doesn't even try. Um, so funny. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to know, I'd love to know if, describe for my 15-year-old self, or answer for me, my 15-year-old self, was it as fun a place to be at that time that I anticipated it was? And is it still? Because I picture it being like, you remember that's the episode of The Simpsons when Bart goes to New, they go to New York Mad City Magazine. and Bart goes to Mad Magazine? And it seems really banal outside. There's like a secretary in a gray office, brown sort of office with a carpet. And he's like, oh, it's so boring in here. And then, and she's the secretary says like, "Oh yeah, people always think it's like crazy in here, but it's not." The door opens, and Alfred e. Newman like sticks his head out, and there's like, there's like every little joke from Mad Magazine right. is sort of happening in the back. It's all happening at once, <laughs> um, and he's like, "We need more bologna sandwiches" or something like that. And Bart's like, "I'll never wash these eyes" or something <laughs> like that. That's sort of how I picture Adult Swim and Cartoon Network being. Well, I'm not going to ask him that full question using the reference point of The Simpsons. Just play back what I just said. Um, you know what? That might be too difficult technology. If you had an intern, maybe somebody could take care of it. Doug, take that dress Whoa, off. Oh, what are you wearing? We went for the same joke, just in different capacities. Well, you're not as funny as I remember. I, I got no more into drama lately. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Nate, so much. Of course. Um, for Thank stopping you for having by. me. And... Uh, and hopefully Dave will, uh, I'll be interviewing him so I don't need to delete out every ep- uh, reference to me potentially interviewing him. I hope that he shows up, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I hope that his interview is not so good that you delete my interview and then just go with his. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nate. Thank you. Welcome, fans. We are far from fans. I am Carl. This is my son, little Carl. We are from Carl and Sons. We are both Carls. Shut up. Shut up. Carl and Sons? What a coincidence. I buy my sham brain from them. It's shampoo for your brain. Fool. We know what it is. We make it. You're the inventors of the specially patented formula for intelligence? It's only dishwasher liquid, you overinflated gas bag. Uh-huh, and the knowledge crystals? Uh-huh, and the knowledge cr- Aquarium gravel. Yeah, uh-huh. Shut. I don't care how you do it. I just know it's working for me. It doesn't work. It's psychosomatic. It's a placebo. I am now Skyping with Dave Willis, who was a writer on Space Ghost Coast to Coast and is currently uh, the man behind uh, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, Squidbillies. Although... What? One of the one of the two one of the two men. You're one of the two men. That's correct. And I believe that the um, actually one of the episodes of uh, Space Ghost we watched was written by you and Matt Maliero. 
Um, Matt Malero, right. M- Matt mm-hmm. Malero. And he, he's also, you guys created Aqua Teen together. Yes, yes. And we, we were a writer, a writing team on Space Ghost uh, for the last, maybe the last two or three years of it. I take that back because Matt Harrigan did the final season uh, of Space Ghost, but Malero and I did the three seasons before that, I think. So. Um, well, we watched, um, Nate Smith and I watched, uh, and I was going to print up a picture of him and show you what he looked like just for purposes. So, you know what he looks like, but he's a good looking man. Um, he, yeah, I Googled him. He's a pastor in Nashville. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's the right Nate Smith. There's only one Nate Smith in America. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He looks like a good, good upstanding family man. (laughs) Uh, So I, I think that we'll. I'm sure we'll have many of the same opinions. I'm sure we put it the same way. And <laughs> um, and uh, we watched. We watched. Or is, two, he the, or is he the dead basketball player? He's both of those. That's the same person. Ha- he's half living pastor, half dead basketball player. Um, and uh, we watched. We watched two episodes: Knife and Around uh, and uh, Chambrain, both of which you suggested. Only. Uh, and we were only going to watch Tom, the Tom York episode, Knife and Around, but we decided, what the hell, let's watch two. Um, so you, why did you pick those episodes? You, when I asked you what episodes we should watch, those are the two of the ones that you picked. Um, well, I think I, I think I threw like maybe four or five of them, and maybe some of them, maybe it's not, uh, I just remember really, like in that Tom York and Bjork episode, Knife and Around. And some of it held up. It, it, I watched it again. I watched it again last night. Some of it held up. And some of it was terrible. And some of it uh, made no sense at all. It was just, and I couldn't remember, like, like the city council fest in Maryland. Like, there was some weird non-joke about that. There was uh, all these odd, but still probably one of my favorite Space Ghost lines is when he comes out to... Um, to try to try to uh, relate and hang out with Zorak, who's busting glass out by the dumpster, and he says, "Let's bu- let's break down some boxes." Unresponsible, <laughs> <laughs> <Well, responsible. laughs> and there's just something so stupid about that. But, so, uh, so funny. There, it's it was. First of all, were you was it planned from the beginning with interviewing Tom York and Bjork that they'd be in the same episode, or did that just how does the interview process work? How does building an episode like that work? Because it was we were also talking about the fact that Bjork, a lot of the times the interview is just an interview, but Bjork sort of becomes part of the nar- uh, the narrative of it, like that she's uh, that she's Space Ghost's wife. So, like, how did that whole episode come together? I can't remember. Um, I think. Mike Lazo is our was, um, you know, he's the head of Adult Swim, and he was very intricately involved in these episodes. Uh, and we would just write and rewrite and re-edit and just work on it. And some, you know, sometimes they don't have stories at all, but for some reason, we decided to go with this story where Space Ghost has mysteriously married Bjork, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just seemed to fit. The Tom York interview, I remember as being just terrible, like unusable, like so uh, so tedious. But oddly, in the episode, it seems to just be real, just natural kind of conversation, even if it is a little bit bizarre, um, typical Space Ghost. But uh, 
the interview is done where um, we would just write a bunch of questions that are insane, you know, <laughs> that, that an outer space, <laughs> that an all-powerful outer space entity would, who would be both shallow enough to think that he could host a talk show and yet all-powerful and unique enough that he couldn't possibly relate to any human being, much less a celebrity that's out plugging their new project. <laughs> what he would say, and I don't remember the questions we asked. I think Matt Harrigan flew up to New York and did the Tom York interview. Um, and that was before, I think that was even before OK Computer. Uh, Pablo maybe. Honey maybe was the one before that. Circa Pablo Honey era. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, and Bjork, we did her backstage at – one of them was backstage at the Tibet Fest in San Francisco. And then one of them was separately. And uh, hence that explains the two hairstyles. Yes, I was wondering. I was like, did she put on a costume and have a wig? And then I realized that was real hair. <laughs> That'd be too much preparation. But a lot of times we'll do it long distance over the phone and it would just be a speaker phone. And occasionally a cameraman might – put a picture of Space Ghost on the speakerphone and say, look over here, (laughs) which just lends itself even more to the disembodied, what the hell am I doing on this show? What's going on kind of vibe to it? Because they don't even know who they're talking to or what they're they're supposed to be talking about. And, And when I would do the interviews, I would be aggressively rude. Or I might not talk to them for a full two minutes. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, well, there is a ton of B-roll of people just blinking and sort of like turning their heads awkwardly. Yeah, yeah. But it was – we tried to look for interviews that at least had the words yes and no in it. And then we could just turn it any way we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, We weren't like – I don't think we took a shock jock approach of just trying to make – you know, people look like assholes, but they just they just look utterly confused. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I would I would in in person too in the interviews you'd you'd stare at them for long stretches, and for every comedian or like a Conan O'Brien who fully understood what you were doing or trying to do, there would be like a guy like Peter Scolari who was <laughs> who was pushing honey. Uh, Drunk the kids, you know, and and uh, I remember doing him long distance, and then I didn't hear from him for a long time. And I said, "Citizen Scolari, are you getting enough oxygen?" And you hear the cameraman go, "He left, man." <laughs> <laughs> That's with it. Um, and and so once you have those, and then you just sort of, what do you usually build the script? sort of separately and seeing what you can plug in using whatever lines that that sort of fit in in terms of like the actual stuff in the in the um space ghost studio yeah i mean it was a combination of a lot of things you would you couldn't write to the tran you would have somebody transcribe the interview and then you'd write to the transcript but then you'd see how they reacted and it was everything about how they reacted uh and whether it worked in the edit you know with with uh the lines we wrote, but it was, it was recycled animation from the sixties. So if something didn't work, you just, you know, you just scratch some, something else in, in a microphone in the edit booth and then get the, 
get the voice artist George Lowe or or uh, Clay Croker to re-record it and uh yeah I mean it was sort of just like a process just sort of winnowing it down and we it was sort of homemade you made it as you went and we would sometimes on certain shows like Fire Ant the Conan show we would we would rewrite it on a daily basis we would write it that morning I'd record scratch and we would edit it that night and then next morning we'd rewrite it again and it was just like crazy it was like making a it's like those folk artists at flea markets that paint shit on hubcaps <laughs> <laughs> like when it was like there's a few people painting a show on hubcaps and was it i mean it's i mean the show's so funny and so absurd i mean it must have been was it really fun to work on it just seems like with you guys the lines are so i mean the fact that bjork her her character trait is basically that she pees on the couch is like hilarious. I mean, was it is it just making each other laugh in the room, or ha- was it? I mean, if you're redoing it every day, what's like the? I don't know what that was. Oh, but... oh hey, Craig, I just got an email from I got an email from Ticketmaster. Okay, are you going to the Tom? Uh, Petty apparently, concert? I can see. No, I can see Dwight Yoakam live. Oh, nice. Hang on, I got to click on this. If you could just give me a, a couple of minutes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my uh, question was way too long and rambly ever, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. What the fuck, man? Is this Hurricane Sandy? It might be. This is the worst I got of it. Did you tell, uh, did you tell the Red Cross that you were doing a podcast on a <laughs> they dive, they diverted. show? You needed to make sure that the internet was going to work? God. I'm so sorry. Um, how did you get your uh, Dwight Yoakam tickets? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Limit limit eight. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> That's not half enough. I'm not going to sell them. I'm going to give them away as Christmas presents. <laughs> um, I don't know where we were. We were talking about um, just the right. I, I mean, it must why have been. We didn't, why we didn't win the Emmy. Yeah. What the hell, man? You were up against the Tonys. Yeah, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was funny. And after a while, you know, Space Ghost was an adult show before Adult Swim and on a kid's network. And so we couldn't, we couldn't be like South Park or any of the other, we couldn't even be like The Simpsons from an adult, uh, like adult mature situations or anything because it was a kid's network so you had to be very careful there was no cuss words no so i think it sort of pushed the show in this willfully weird direction like i started on the show in episode 14 or 15 so it had already sort of been established and they'd already had a couple of i think they are they'd already sort of found their groove i i i I feel like like a lot of people talk about Fire Drill as being like one of the first like really good ones where it was just crazy. The timing was crazy. Uh, uh, I think David Byrne was the the guest on that one. Um, I started on it as a PA, and you know, I mean, Atlanta at the time there weren't a whole lot of shows being made in Atlanta too, so there were a lot of sort of unique, interesting people, you know working on it it wasn't just somebody coming off of one show or some other sitcom it would it was just a core group of 
weirdos in Atlanta working on it and making it in lieu of, you know, doing, and, and they all worked in other departments at Cartoon Network, most of them. Like Andy Merrill came out of programming. That's... He was, I mean, Andy is like as funny as anyone you'll ever meet. And he was, uh, but he was just, had an intimate knowledge of the Hanna-Barbera library and he programmed cartoons in those early years for Cartoon Network. Uh, That's so cool. It just seems so much more organic or like just playing around than like what most TV channels are probably the inner workings are like. Well, the creative, I mean, Mike Lazo was the creative and he was also running programming and develop for development for Cartoon Network. And this was sort of his, playground and it took me a while to realize that I was working on a show that was sort of free of the pressure of getting good ratings that I was just working on was basically I was out there with a few other people polishing and taking care of this one guy's really great convertible you know except we all got to make the convertible you know it was it it really i mean i was i was in my late 20s before i realized my i'm just working on this pet project and it uh it doesn't seem like anyone really talks to us about the numbers and they cost i don't know the episodes cost i don't know 30 grand to make an episode i mean just using the same old animation the interviews were free it was really all our time in the edit suite that's all you know so it was it was definitely unique and I don't think I realized how unique it was until Adult Swim sort of took off and then we worked with all these different other artists on different other shows and then you know and then you got more exposed to LA and you know New York uh TV and uh yeah it was it was very much I think an internet type show before the internet yeah, it's sort of like I feel like everybody sort of compares stuff to Adult Swim now or like tries to do the Adult Swim model. I mean, it's like I feel like it's shorter attention span, funnier and sort of more. I don't know. It's like balls out. There's something like do it yourself and sort of uh, just more intriguing and less like, as you're saying, for the uh, the numbers and more just for cool content. Well, I think I do think, though, like at the time. The Space Ghost was a quarter hour, which was far and away the shortest show on television. And now, if you see something on the internet for more than 14 seconds, you're like, all right, where's this going? You know? And, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And, uh, I mean, but all of Adult Swim is this sort of quarter hour format, and it seems to work for certainly a young generation of viewers and, uh, and I think, you know, the, from the top on down, the aesthetic and the, and what they look for in shows, what we look for in shows is, or something that's unique and out of the ordinary and something that you're not going to see on TV anywhere else. And I think there's an absurdist level that you don't see a whole lot of absurdity really on TV. Everything has got a plot or an, I mean, even sketch comedy is just, you know... Uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of an, a good absurdist uh, sketch comedy that's not sort of connected to Adult Swim at some point. Mr. Show, obviously, but I mean, that's 
it's been off the air for yeah forever yeah i mean every time i watch a new show when we were in atlanta henry my brother and i watched we had never watched super jail and we watched like a bunch of episodes on dvd and we were just like blown away i mean the fact that that's like on tv is so awesome well it's like that's like a modern day looney looney tunes you know totally and and those guys made a uh cartoon for mtv animation uh in the 90s called bar fight yeah i've seen that online and we used to marvel at it and and thought god we wish you know these guys could get a show and finally like there's some place where they can have a show and they can Oh, don't tell me it did it again. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm enraged. You look fucking mad. I'm apologize, Skype problems. Um my internet post Sandy, I don't know. Um it's all right. I, I went into the other room and wailed on my kids for a couple <laughs> <of> seconds. <laughs> you need to do that right when they get to bed. I let them know daddy's boss. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. God, what was I? No, we were was... talking about um, uh, uh, Super Joe. Oh, right. Yeah, my favorite bit was the guy hit this penny with this, this uh, thing that enlarges things and it just turns the penny into this two-story disc. And this guy goes, I'm rich, and then it falls on him. <laughs> just like little bit, little bits like that. But it's nice to have actually a fully animated show on cartoon on Adult Swim. Actually, we have a bunch now, but we didn't in those early days. Boy, they were bad, bad in the animation way. But you know. But now you guys are the you're the beacon of light in a sea of shit. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, Yes, exactly. We have we are getting uh, hoodies made that say that. So. <laughs> it's very catchy. A, be- a beacon of light in a sea of shit. I'm gonna uh, hand it hand it to uh, ad ad buyers at uh, upfront. So, <laughs> um, one of the things that Nate and I talked about. Nate was a huge fan of uh, of uh, Space Ghost, and he actually went to prom. He said during the podcast, he went to prom without wearing a tie. Instead, he wore the Space Ghost emblem thing you know on his chest that had the space ghost um communicator communicator on it <laughs> of course um and unfortunately there was no one no one with him to see that yeah he said he didn't he he's never gotten laid because of that <laughs> um and you made a boutonniere out of the communicator <laughs> i yeah. also and when i talked to uh dana snyder about uh, uh he we just got to talking about comic-con and he said that like some fans have done some weird stuff for aqua teen like um tattooing dogs and or testicles with the meat wad um i mean what wh- it's cr- these it's amazing what people are are willing to do for yeah you. yeah um yeah, it's amazing what people are willing to do to fuck me. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh no, I I somehow got the yeah, I got the tattoo of this guy sort of uh he's, he had his testicle pressed uh up against the scrotum skin pulling out of his fly and it had the meatwad face tattoo on it. And I mean, it may not have been a tattoo. It may have been like ballpoint pen, but either way it probably hurt to do and, and was still shameful. I mean, can you imagine like being in a urinal 
drawing a face on your own scrotum. Uh, yes, I but, can. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Either way, it made me very, very proud. Uh, <laughs> proud that we had made that. Yeah. Did, did you see that? There's a guy online this week who, or I don't I guess a couple weeks ago, who got a Romney tattoo on his face for fifteen thousand dollars. He has a huge Romney insignia on his face. Wow. And was he doing it ironically? No, he was doing it for real. And then actually, I sort of was following his Twitter thing, and he's he's like basically now wants to try to get on like uh, celebrity boxing. That's his <laughs> progression of uh, of uh, that's where he's at right now. You know, I was just thinking though, like all um, these are terrible. You know, t- Twitter debate jokes. We're all. About a third of them were about those flag lapel pins. But I swear, you know, if you could get hipsters in Williamsburg to wear flag lapel pins, it might be over. It might, it might make politicians finally at some point realize maybe I don't need to have it. Yeah, I love that it's now the default. Like if you didn't wear one of those, there would be a huge write-up in a newspaper where it's like, well, what's the deal with him? He obviously is an American. <laughs> because he doesn't want to put a pin on his lapel. It would be great to see like Obama just put this the space ghost uh, communicator on his lapel pin instead to the president's What's, prom. What and what was he wearing on? T- <laughs> Apparently, it's from some very obscure talk show <laughs> in the early nineties. Oh, I have to ask one other thing about the. Um, I know you didn't watch it. You said you haven't watched it for years, but the Sham Brain episode that we watched. Um, it's uh that it's shampoo for your brain and the two the person who creates it is named Carl it's Carl and Sons and they're two aliens from outer space and it's Carl Carl and Carl Jr. I knew it was you I knew it was, <laughs> it was 90% true it was your voice um oh, that was my bad my really bad Orson Welles from that you know it's like Carl and Carl there was one lot that was like the first time I really did any sort of substantial voiceover on the show and it was uh i i don't know i just remember it being a funny episode yeah know. it's really was funny it hold up yeah yeah i love the intro with the al roker infomercial about uh uh the champagne it's just i was saying that it's like it i don't know if they were influenced by it but i could totally see that being on like tim and eric the the style of it was just so funny and so like that feel of a, a commercial for shampoo for your brain Shampoo for your hair and your brain. <laughs> it's aquarium gravel. Oh, that's my favorite line in the episode. Yeah. That's absolutely my favorite line. It's um, dishwashing yeah, detergent and aquarium gravel. Yeah, and we we took um, the eyeballs, the hard plastic eyes, were actually like I think I bought a Mr. Potato Head, and and uh, we took pictures of it and had to. I mean, this is back before digital cameras were. I didn't even think we had digital camera. I don't know how I did it. I probably used some hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment at Turner <laughs> Studios <laughs> to cut it out, some flame suite to cut the eyeballs out and put them on. Uh, to put them on, and uh, Jim Fortier plays Carl Jr. He's the he's the other uh, writer producer on Squidbills. So uh, yeah, there you go, a little trivia. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just a crazy, yeah. What happens in it? Like, I know they come and attack. They come, it's because, um, 
uh, Space Ghost thinks uh, Bob Costas is also using Chambrain because he has great hair and he smells like uh, he says Bob smells like a chili dog. And then he says there must be a wiener, uh, like a wiener version, a wiener scent version of Chambrain. And then Carl gets very mad and flies down and like gets so pissed off that he explodes. <laughs> oh, right, right. He gets so mad he explodes because because we have only 20 more seconds to go until the show is running long. <laughs> well, I was thinking when we were watching it that. I mean, it reminded me of, uh, like, the two aliens in Aqua Teen, uh, that it was, like... The Moonanites. The Moonanites, yeah. That, Ignite and Ur. Yeah, that it's uh, two aliens. One's very, very frustrated all the time. So. Yeah. Or like the Plutonians in Aqua Teen. Or like any other alien we've ever <laughs> One that's very angry and very frustrated, and another one that's passive. That's hey. That's the classic. It's the Lauren Hardy of uh, of aliens. Oh yeah, archetypes, archetypes, space ghost archetypes. And you uh, use the name Carl in it as well, which is yes, yeah. It's a funny name. Um, I think we did a uh, we did a crossover with them uh, much later in Aqua Teen called uh, Carl Wash was okay. the, name of the episode, and they owned a car wash, and they had hired. Meatwad, I think, and the car wash was about taking people, take, taking people like brainwashing people, mm-hmm. washing their brains, like pulling their brains from their skulls and washing them. I have to watch that one again though too. I don't. I I, I evacuate all this stuff from my memory within eighteen days. Of, well, of you fin- you seem to have remembered many lines from this episode, so that's <laughs> I not. True. Remember, I remember that one distinctly though. Um, well, that's funny that you say that, is that also th- that there's a crossover that it feels like Aqua, I mean, Adult Swim sort of does have a continuity through the years. I think it's because, obviously because a lot of the same people working on Space Ghost have come to do so much more stuff on the channel, but it's pretty cool that there's like a continuity. It's the same, I mean, a lot of the same writers, a lot of the same producers, a lot of the same editors. I mean, w- I have an editor that I, I work with on a daily basis and once a month he says to me you don't know from fun this is responsible like <laughs> like in reference to that space ghost line you know it's like uh it's sort of like we built this whole thing and then and now we're in our 40s and and our entire 20s and 30s and part of our 40s are just like a handful of discs on a shelf <laughs> <laughs> which and the, the which will soon be obsolete, and they'll just be microchips. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And then someone will erase them all, and then and then it'll be just like the end of Escape from L.A., the uh, not as good sequel to Escape from New York. Oh shit! I, I didn't see that. It's not bad. It's a cool. I actually really like the ending. It's basically at the end. Spoiler alert! Uh, the whole. Sure. They basically erase every electrical thing that's ever happened. Like, they just, electricity ends, and it's just there in the dark. And that's how the movie ends. You know, I thought it was pretty sweet. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's neat. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, somebody will just come by William Street, you know, with that giant magnet truck from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> My entire uh, adult career career will be, uh, will be done for. Well, well, I know there's a few DVDs out there, the... 14 of them. 
space ghost, but uh, whatever. <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll live. The important thing yep. is you'll live and you'll be able to beat your children every night so, with more yep. anger. Uh, yes, with, with more enhanced rage. Oh, I just got a thank you from Obama's campaign manager. For buying Dwight Yoakam tickets? <laughs> no, he, uh, he's, uh, he's thanking me for not campaigning harder for Romney. <laughs> I could have I been the tipping point. You could have been the other guy with a face tattoo. God, Jesus. Um, well, thanks so much, Dave, for talking to me about all this stuff. I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch Shambrain. Um, and um, eat off furiously, <laughs> just furiously to my own. Nothing gets you harder than your old work. Nothing gets me harder than seeing my old work. That's right. There's nothing more satisfying and sexual than past successes. And then I'm going to get out a guitar and make my wife listen to me play for 45 minutes. It's going to be great. You sound like the coolest dude ever. <laughs> I am. I'm so cool. We should get together and jam sometime. Oh, dude. yeah, 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 totally. I've been writing songs like crazy. Oh, you know what? I really got to run, actually. I really have to run. Are you sure? Yeah, you- yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this. I mean, it's basically GCD. It's a classic GCD sort of blues riff, but it's it's kind of got a political bent to it. Mister Scolari already left, sir. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Dave. And I'll have to. I'm gonna have, we're, when we're both in the same town, we'll do a full episode on whatever show you want to watch. All right, I want to. Let's do it. Um, thanks so much, Dave. Mm-hmm.